A warm welcome to the Dorset Grand Sabang in the outskirts of Kuala Lumpur. Daniel Beswick alongside future budding international cricketer and Vanuatu CEO, co-founder of this masthead, Tim Cutler. Uh, we are recording on the eve of the tournament beginning on the 22nd. Uh, it's an exciting time for you being selected in the Vanuatu national squad ahead of the Cricket World Cup Challenge League playoff. Uh, for those who haven't had the chance to look at the new pathway, the Cricket World Cup Challenge League playoff is an eight-team tournament uh, in which we'll find the last four teams to slot back into or slot into the Cricket World Cup Challenge League groups A and B. The eight teams have been determined by the bottom four finishes of the previous Challenge League cycle, the bottom two of each Challenge League group. And the next four best teams uh, that fulfil domestic 40-plus over requirements as per the ICC and are the next best on the men's T20i rankings. Uh, but, Tim, looking to you first. And, yeah, we'll do a quick sort of preview as to how this tournament will go and take a quick look at the eight teams in probably sort of 15-ish minutes and let you go to bed and get your beauty sleep, hopefully before a game of frigate tomorrow and uh, a cat presentation for you first thing. But uh, selected in the squad of your adopted uh, land of Vanuatu, you've been there for three years, you qualify for the tournament uh, per the residency requirements of three years. Uh, you've obviously been at the coalface of a lot of Vanuatu cricket issues as CEO, but you've also kept fit. It's probably the fittest I've seen you, fittest I've known of you, Tim, and you're ready to go uh, and hopefully uh, chip in on the playing side of things as well. How have you felt about all of that and all of those feelings kind of in, in one and uh, fighting multiple fronts, I suppose, now for, for Vanuatu cricket? Thank you, Daniel. Um, I think one of the challenges of any CEO's role or basically any job in associate cricket is there's always a lot going on. I think the ability to compartmentalise is probably an extremely necessary and important skill set or at least an ability. And I find myself calling on all powers. No, that wasn't a... Uh, I'm sure what was going on there. That's, that's the beauty of coming to a country that has YouTube able to work in the background. Yeah, um, not bad. I've uh, been watching too much Cricket Australia Gold on YouTube <laughs> and say what, what happened with that. Um, so I think, you know, that what is riding on this tournament from an opportunity and funding point of view is, is so critical for the four countries that are able to get back into the Challenge League or into the Challenge League if it's one of the new countries that are, are coming through. And, you know, in the background, you've got ICC budgets that have been submitted. We only found out from the ICC what our funding for 2024 is going to be um, in the first week of the 12th month of 2023. So it's been slightly stressful in trying to get that all together. Um, the ICC has a lot more money in the pot and we were eagerly awaiting how that was going to be divided up and a potential revision of the, the funding model. Um, and how it all happened is probably something that we're not too happy with, but it's a matter of now sort of moving forward. But the reality is I've got two budgets out there at the moment 
one if we qualify and one if we don't. And like people's jobs in associate cricket, it's similar to the funding that, you know, quarter of a million US dollars a year for the next few years wasn't only ever going to be earmarked for men's cricket because we don't just turn men's or women's cricket or anything just on and off like a tap. It would be bolstering many other programs and initiatives that won't be able to happen if uh, if we don't qualify. So from a CEO's point of view, there's a lot riding on this tournament. Um, and then if we go into um, room number two, where um, Tim, the, the spin bowler and the kid that used to go to go to bed in a yellow Australian cap growing up in Sydney, um, is now going to be walking out of the field wearing a different yellow cap, um, that of Vanuatu. Uh, is just really excited about playing cricket, this amazing country with these amazing people that uh, hopefully, um, if selected, um, and I know this isn't going to be posted uh, until after the game, <laughs> really excited for where the team is at because I think Chris Laffin, uh, and yeah, it was me that made the choice, you know, along with the appointment panel, but it's just been such a great choice, addition, part uh, inclusion or invite to the sort of cricket family of Vanuatu. And I think some people kind of question how I go from being CEO to player. And, you know, Chris was asked about it on the ABC, um, who continue to do great work in sort of supporting Pacific sport, but what it's going to be like coaching this CEO. But, look, he's not coaching... Tim the CEO, he's coaching Tim the, the spin bowler. And I find that really easy. You know, the advantages that I have is that I'm, I'm not a coach and I don't try and be a coach and that's why you employ people better at jobs that, that you are. He's here to coach and Josh is captain and my job is to bowl 10 overs and take as many wickets and get the runs down as possible and try not to embarrass myself in the field and to, <laughs> and to sock a few dingers. Um, <laughs> More, Do you want to know the truth? <laughs> more on that later. Uh, so, yeah, I, I look. Mark Stafford had sort of said stuff about sort of me qualifying and playing. And when I moved to to Vanuatu, I hadn't played cricket in more than two years. I'd been I'd left Hong Kong after having a lot of fun playing for Hong Kong Cricket Club. Uh, probably played some of my best cricket in those early years of that of those five and a half in Hong Kong, but had moved to Brisbane, um, fell into a sort of very different life, sort of working and relationship and everything. And sometimes something that the cricket can get left behind, but I guess also my health got left behind somewhat mm. as well. Like when I moved to Vanuatu, it was 128 and a half kilos. And that's um, around 20, maybe more, because I haven't weighed myself in the last week, but more than, than what I am now. Um, and it was good to sort of, as part of that journey, getting back to being healthy, me of, of, of getting back into the game in Vanuatu. And I think that places like Hong Kong and Vanuatu are great at doing that because you're not committing to four hours of training a week and playing every weekend. And you're able to kind of dip in and kind of live your life around it as well, which I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, as we look to sort of cricket and grade cricket, especially in, in, in Australia and people's commitment to that, but we're getting off track somewhat. But uh, when it comes down to it, um, I'm just a, that same kid with that yellow hat going to bed tonight with a brand new bat. <laughs> I'm not going to go, I'm not going to put it in the bat in the bed next to me. I've, I've definitely done that before in my life. And, and I'm, I'm hoping there are many, many people nodding their head, um, of 
the cricket nuffies out there like you and me that have taken cricket equipment to, to sleep next to them uh, in, and maybe even holding them as they go to sleep. And I, you don't have to tell us now, but I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of nodding heads. Oh, you know, tweet, tweet, <laughs> tweet us a story about that. You know, that'd be good. But uh, yeah, so I think that's, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good place because I, I got pretty good at being able to switch on and switch off things. Put it this way, I'm not going to be thinking about the funding when I'm out there, yeah. um, you know, there's a, there's a time and a place for, for everything. And, the, it's, you know, the, me being the best me and the best value that I can provide to, I guess, life and Vanuatu cricket in general is, is going to be me being Tim the left arm spinner and the cricketer to, tomorrow and hopefully for the tournament um, as it goes on. But, yeah, from it, that was about me again for a long time and sorry for everyone who had to listen to five minutes of me talking about me from a tournament perspective what a great tournament um eight teams from all corners of the world we've got you know bermuda vanuatu tanzania <laughs> you know find, find yeah. those three on, on a map and and try and find a correlation there it's just great sport um and then of course we've got sort of the asian powerhouses sort of well, so I used to say Asia being a powerhouse now with five, four members of sort of ticking off the rest of the the rest of the teams. You, know, you did a great preview that basically along the short of it is that I got as much mention as the favourites, but uh, you got Malaysia's favourites, and I think rightly so. They've, they're in great form. They've been playing a lot of good cricket and consistent cricket in the last few months. Um, and that's the sort of associate cricket life. You know, it's the have and the have nots. I would have loved for Vanuatu to have the opportunity to, to do that as well, but circumstances and finances dictate that we're not able to do that so hopefully with what we've been able to do will put us in the best stead possible for us to play the best cricket possible but to go for groups of four single round robin into super sixes um every game counts from the from the start which i think is what fans will want from a, a tournament um what do we hate dead rubbers uh and there aren't going to be many of those because mm. you know the points that you'll carry through being uh, against those those preceding teams, and then the, the, that bottom team drops out. But everything's going to count, and there's a lot on the line for all these teams. And we saw Italy training this morning, uh, and they look very fit. And uh, they've been in Malaysia already, playing a couple of trial games or practice games. Um, they're on the other side of the draw, so you know, dare say, all things going well, will rain to them as well. But yeah, it's, it's again, it's like you talk about me talking about the CEO me and the, and the cricket me. It's also the compartmentalization that comes with being a cricketer of concentrating on your own game and not trying to get too worried about other, other teams. But in saying that, we just came out of a team meeting that had some, some great plans around the Bahrain side, batters, bowlers, tactics, which is not us deviating from our plans but just sort of focusing them um, and having plans for certain bowlers and batters which is really good because i think that the talent that we have is enough to take us a long way in this tournament but even even better if we can tweak that to uh to to suit certain teams and situations yeah just to clarify uh the top three in each group go forward to the super sixes you carry over your points uh, accrued against other teams who progress in your group and then you play the other three opponents uh, from the other half of the draw. Uh, you did talk about Bahrain. We'll get into them 
in a second. Uh, I did want to bring up the fact that I managed to dig up uh, while in transit. Um, your potential opposite number, Tanzania, Lakshbakrania, uh, left arm orthodox spinner as you are, just 16 years of age, Tim, and uh, found a nice little coincidence that he was born on the same day as your Sydney <laughs> first grade debut, but ah, plus six years. So uh, <laughs> you made your East debut on the 29th of September 2001. He was born on the 29th of September 2007, which makes him 16. Uh, I, I, I suppose it just shows that, you know, some skills in cricket are, you know, they don't... Um, that they can be done by anyone, whether or not they're 16 or, or 50. We, we can laugh about that all we want. I just think it's a it's a really fun fact. But to go back to Bahrain... I'm not 50, mate. Deary me. If you're going <laughs> to call out his age, I'm not even 42 yet. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, no, that's, that's understandable. We'll 16, I wasn't, 16 or 41. It was not my intention, but <laughs> understandable. Uh, we'll look at your group first and, and you spoke so much about, you know, obviously being involved in Vanuatu and in the way that Vanuatu sort of go about their business. As someone who's looked at the Vanuatu team from the outside looking in, it's it's a team that I think in some ways should enjoy the 50-over format a little bit more. There's a couple of batters in the team that I, I think would like to build into their innings. Junior Kalsapau is, is a great example of that, someone who should enjoy um, this format a little bit more irrespective of maybe the, the form he's been in or maybe the T20 form as well. Same goes for someone like Patrick Matatarba, who's relinquished the captaincy. It's now in Josh Razu's hands, Josh Razu being the, the women's national uh, head coach as well, which um, shows the responsibility that he's undertaken and they're off to the global qualifier um, pretty soon, in fact. And, and that was, you know, with some of his guidance as well. Um, and then, you know, looking at your team, there's probably potentially 40 overs of spin that could be bowled, give or take, um, based on the way that the team lines up. So many options with the ball. It's more the batting that, I'm, that I'd be worried about from the outside looking in. But looking at the rest of the group, uh, Bahrain's your first opponent, the team that played in the ATC Premier Cup uh, last year. So there's a little bit of 50-over experience under the belt, not quite the same magnitude as maybe 15 matches over the course of three years and the system and the the pressures of what that Challenge League is for and what it remains to be with this tournament coming up. So much bearing on this and the pathways to 2027, yes, but it's also in, in terms of funding, you know, going forward as well and guaranteeing your tours in, in places. It's a hugely important tournament. I'm, I've bumped into Kevin O'Brien, who's the assistant coach of Italy here, who we all know from, you know, his uh, legendary status for, for Irish cricket, but he's in the coaching circles now and, yeah, he, you know, make no bones about it. Everyone understands the significance and, and he's looking at this with great pride from an Italian point of view. We'll talk about them in a second. But Bahrain, um, you guys had a brief team meeting uh, just now. Are there any sort of key players that you kind of pinpointed from uh, from from your end? They've got sort of um, the likes of Rizwan Butt with the new ball, uh, Imran Javed Anwar, the left armour who likes to keep all dismissals in play. Uh, a good sort of mix of spin bowling, which you can kind of understand given, you know, where they play a lot of their cricket. And then on the batting side, they're a team that I think will enjoy the 50-over format, but it's not a format that they're particularly adept to or, you know, have played a terrible lot outside of that Premier Cup, perhaps. Yeah, we were 
reflecting on how they've probably got one of the deepest batting lineups of all the sides we come up against, which some of those might be described as top heavy as a great journalist that I'm talking to at the moment may also use the same terminology. Uh, in short, uh, openers that like to hit the ball um, and like to be playing shots. It's not quite shot a ball mentality, but pretty close to it. Um, with a couple of batters further down that are a lot more accumulators and are happy to be two off 20 before pulling it back. Uh, our key batter that we've identified is Fires uh, in the middle, um, muscles the ball, plays the ball into some strange areas, generally straight. And again, this will be I'm not giving away anything that <laughs> before the, I'm not talking on a microphone at the ground beforehand, but it's going to mean some patient um, bowling and, and field placements. We're going to get chances. Fielding, I'd have to say, is one of our strengths. It's just a natural aptitude that I think all Nii Vanuatu have because of the, the I don't want to generalise here, but the upbringing that the kids have in and around throwing stones things in trees, to be getting food out of trees, to be climbing trees, running around, still running around like we were when we were kids, but there's this innate kind of awareness and fitness that they have that um, when it's translated into cricketing ability, uh, you see some amazing things. And bowling-wise, again, there's probably a couple of lineup bowls that are very similar to our, to our attack. Um, the left-arm spinner that bowls early probably bowls well a bit more of an angle than... Uh, than, than I do, it's sort of comparing Abdul Majid. Yeah, Abdul Majid, where he's sort of trying to really hit the pads in the stumps um, rather than sort of be turning the ball away, getting edges and whatnot, sort of really attacking. So, you know, there were a few little things that would that we've highlighted that we've got to potentially adjust to. And again, not so much being reactive, but just that we need to be aware of. So, no, I, I'm pretty happy with with where we're at. And yeah, you mentioned the, the spin bowling stocks that we've got, the practice match we played in, in Sydney saw us use up almost all 40 of, of those. I think it was only, uh, I think Josh and Willie, uh, William Singh and Alyssa only, only had a couple left of their full complement. But, you know, I, I dare say, you know, a very spin-heavy attack for us throughout this event. And with the pitches here, as we've seen in the past few years, being very conducive to that, I think it'll... it'll really hold us in good stead for our bowling to be our, our strongest point. But no, I think you're bang on about our batting. Um, and again, it's not a matter of changing the games of these players, but all of our players have roles assigned to them. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be that the change that will turn us into a team that's going to be scoring 400 and come through this undefeated. But, you know, if we can bat 50 overs in every match of this, this tournament, um, I think we'll win... Uh, win more than half the games, and we will we'll be doing enough on on that on that side. So yeah, I think I'm not sure if you'd like to, a, a favourite to come up against, um, and it's just the, the the luck of the draw, the the way that it ends up being Bahrain into Tanzania, and then and then Malaysia playing Malaysia at the uh, the Turf Club, which yeah. is um, poetic considering that we defended <laughs> 65 there five years ago um, in um, the first. Challenge League leg, which was amazing. Was just watching the highlights there. We've started late because I was doing that. Um, yeah, it's a it's a well, it's a huge group really that with some contrasting styles of play, 
but sort of common themes I sort of see across uh, a couple of the the sides, definitely Tanzania and, and Bahrain with that, you know, that top order heavy hitting style, which is understandable when you've got these teams that are generally playing T20 cricket, yeah. uh, especially on the international scale uh, or inter international um, format. Yeah, just quickly running through uh, Malaysia, the hot favourites have just come off beating Hong Kong three times out of four across a tri-series that also had Canada. Malaysia won that tri-series and they beat uh, Hong Kong in a bilateral series. Viran Deep Singh, we know, is a key performer, but everyone stood up for them. They don't really have a weak link. Uh, there's pace bowling there through the likes of Muniandi and others. Pavandeep and Viran Deep, the brothers will sort of tie play uh, teams up with spin. And, yeah, batting, there's enough quality there across the group. I think Siders is, as much as he is a fan favourite for us, uh, his numbers in List A cricket do leave a lot to be desired, but I think it's just a case of him building into his innings. Um, we've talked about them. Tanzania are a team that kind of share the load across uh, the team. They don't really have... Um, they're not too top-heavy as maybe some of the golf teams as a sort of generalisation are. There are a couple of... Uh, Abik Patwar, the captain, will play a big role, as we know. Ivan Salamani in the middle order, and then Lach Bakrani, who we talked about. Yalik Inkanya. Inkanya is another uh, left-arm spinner who... Um, will probably, you know, play a key role in, in how they line up. Um, we talked about uh, the Saudis in brief detail on the other side. Um, there's a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of Faisal Khan and Abdul Wahid with the bat because they've played so much T20I cricket and they've been dominating the, the runs. It hasn't really trickled down all the way through. They're a little bit of an unknown quantity, but we have seen them in ACC events um, briefly and they've been... Good to watch and, and quite entertaining and, and quite barnstorming, actually. They, that tournament where they and Cambodia um, progressed on the ACC side and the T20I ranks um, go to show, you know, what capabilities they have, but largely untested um, on the 50-over side. And then looking at a couple of the other teams, Bermuda, I worry about a little bit. It's been a pretty drastic fall from grace for Bermuda as a team that, you know, is so fabled in history, um, in associate cricket and World Cup cricket even, going back to 2007. Um, they're very reliant on Kamal Everock and Delray Rawlins being big, but it's good to have both of them here um, and playing in the tournament. They just need wickets from from other people. Um, Zico Burgess, I think, was the next best bowler in Challenge League, and I don't even think he got to double figures in the wickets column, and runs were hard to come by. Trey Manders uh, averaged about... Uh, in the matches that he did play, he chipped in with, with some good runs, so he might be a player to watch as well. I think that's just about everyone. Italy is a team we haven't really had a chance to talk about. Uh, we know Gareth Berg played coach, uh, key story. He was the leading wicket-taker across both Challenge League groups, averaged about 13 with the ball, uh, is so pivotal in what they do. They bring in Wayne Madsen, who is available. A couple of guys uh, to look out for with the bat. I think Mosca... And Campopiano are important when they've kind of been able to play Challenge League cricket. They've managed to do reasonably well. I think they only played five matches each or batted only five times each and all of that. And I think that's just about everyone. I'm really hoping we did cover everyone. Kuwait probably is the is the team that we haven't really discussed. They beat Hong Kong uh, in the ACC Premier Cup last year. So they do have credentials. Um, Aslam, uh, the captain, Mohamed Aslam, um, Schlenken background, bat and ball, he's going to be in, in the thick of it, um, spin and in the middle order with the bat. 
under injuries, uh, a power hitter to look out for. And again, uh, meet Babsa, the keeper bat. Um, he's rather solid, but yeah, the, again, a, a team of, of relative unknowns outside of that ACC Premier Cup. So we'll cut this one relatively short. We wanted to keep it as short as we wanted to. It was going to be 15 minutes. It ended up being 25, but glad to be here with you, Tim. Um, I'm going to let you go and have a night's sleep, and I just saw your alarm for 5.30, and um, we're about to finish recording at 9.42. So... Uh, <laughs> You've got things to do and sleep to have. I've got some prep to do. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, make sure to follow Emerge Review for all the action here in Malaysia as well as action in League 2 and elsewhere. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted on everything going on here in Kuala Lumpur. But for now, it's goodbye.